There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir. They have the car stopped at 10th and Grinch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, a retired NYPD sergeant with 27 years of service. You know, folks, we've been covering a couple of uh, stories here. Uh, and one of the uh, important ones we, we've been covering, well, all our stories are important, but is this in- individual here on the screen, Gonzalo Lopez. And we we covered it in um, in length, and one of the things he's – there's no movement on this case. He's still out there. Uh, they haven't captured this desperado. And we're going to stay on this case um, if there are any new developments. But so far, there haven't been any new developments. And they're still he's still out there. They're still searching for him. There's still a $50,000 reward. So as I said, when we get any new developments in that, we will certainly, uh, certainly apprise you of anything new. You know, in the Gabby Petito case, there's been some action in regards to the civil lawsuits. And, um, you know, Brian Laundrie's parents, they claimed in a, in a court filing that they were ex- exercising their constitutional right to remain silent when they refused to speak to Gabby Petito's parents. And while her death, this is the language in the um, legal language, while her death is unfortunate, They've done nothing wrong, according. That's the filing from their attorney. Uh, attorneys for, for the couple, Mr. Bertolino, they filed a uh, papers to dismiss the lawsuit brought by the Petitos. Uh, and it alleges that the laundries helped their son cover up Gabby's death, and they knew where the slain Long Island woman was uh, all along. The suit claims the couple's silence and refusal to help them Track down their daughter caused emotional distress, but attorneys for the laundry said their arguments are fatally flawed and want the case thrown out with prejudice, which would prevent them from refiling the claim. Uh, according to uh, Mr. Bertolino, the laundry's attorney, at its core, the complaint is critical of the laundries for refusing to respond to either Joseph Petito and Nicole Schmidt or law enforcement. However, Compelling individuals to respond to inquiries by private citizens or law enforcement through a civil suit like this would turn our entire constitutional system and the freedom afforded individuals in this country on its head, the motion motion implied. Uh, A new lawsuit was filed uh, in regards to, uh, as of May 6th, against the laundries, uh, Brian Laundry's estate for $30,000, alleging uh, wrongful death in that he, in fact, caused Gabby's, uh, Gabby's death, and it, it has been filed. So uh, let me see if we can share on screen. What do we got here? Um, if I can share this on the screen with you guys. I'm having a little bit of a problem here right now. Um, I have to delete this. It's um, let's see what we could do. A little technical difficulty. Um, 
Okay, let me, uh, let me see if I could pull this up there. I had a bit of a, let's see if we could pull this up. Nope. Um, there, there's the, the laundries are filing a, a lawsuit against um, uh, the the Petitos. Excuse me, the Petitos are filing against the laundries for uh, an unlawful death. But let me, we're getting some technical, here we go. This is Brian Enton from News Nation off against the parents of Brian Laundrie in front of a jury. Gabby's parents, Joseph Petito and Nicole Schmidt, are suing, claiming Chris and Roberta Laundrie knew all along that their son murdered his 22-year-old fiance. The trial is set to begin on August 14th, 2023 at a Venice, Florida County courthouse. You may remember... Folks, you hear that date, August 2023. So it's, it's more, more than a year away. So there's a lot of uh, legal maneuvers that can happen that could preclude this case ever going to a civil trial. Gabby went missing in late August while traveling with Brian on a cross-country road trip. Her remains were found in Teton National Park in Wyoming on September 19th. An autopsy revealed she was killed by strangulation. After Gabby went missing, Laundrie returned to his parents' home in Northport, Florida. On September 13th, he disappeared, and his parents said he went hiking, and they said that he never came back. On October 20th, Laundrie's skeletal remains were found in Maikahatchee Creek Environmental Park, also in Northport. Alongside him, a note claiming responsibility for killing Gabby. And now the Petito parents are going after the Laundrie parents with damning allegations, among them that Brian Laundrie told his parents he murdered Gabby on August 28th and were making arrangements for him to flee. A lawsuit saying, quote, while Joseph Petito and Nicole Schmidt were desperately searching for information concerning their daughter, Christopher Laundrie and Roberta Laundrie were keeping the whereabouts of Brian Laundrie secret. And it is believed were making arrangements for him to leave the country. The lawsuit also alleges Roberta Laundrie blocked Gabby's mom's cell phone and Facebook when she repeatedly pleaded for information regarding the whereabouts of Gabby. The attorney for the Petito family has said publicly that the family is seeking $100,000 in damages, saying they suffered pain and mental anguish as a result of the willfulness and maliciousness of the Laundries. Meanwhile, the Laundrie parents already filed to have the case dismissed calling the lawsuit frivolous. Joining me now to discuss, Dave Ehrenberg, state attorney uh, for Palm Beach County, Florida. Dave, thank you for, for being with us tonight. You know, I've read the lawsuit. Uh, I have read the motion to dismiss. Uh, and I think obviously most people, Dave, would agree that morally and ethically, what the laundries did during that time to the Petitos was not right. But the question I have is, is it against the law and will it actually stand up in a civil lawsuit? Yeah, good evening, Brian. In this civil lawsuit will be difficult for the plaintiffs to win. They're going to be fortunate if they could survive a motion to dismiss. And that is a motion that the defense here, the laundry parents, have already filed. And when you do that motion, the court assumes all the facts to be true. And then the question is, did the plaintiffs here, uh, Gabby's parents, state a legitimate cause of action? They're saying that it's intentional infliction of emotional distress. Well, to have that, you need a duty 
And you need a breach of that duty. You need causation and damages. Let's go to the first one, duty. What is the obligation here? And the defense is saying, hey, you know, they don't have any obligation to volunteer any information. And so that's going to be a question. But in paragraph 25 of the complaint, you know, guys, even in the chat, I could see a lot of people talking about how the laundries um, have no heart, no soul, all of that stuff. And, and we probably would all agree with that. But I think it comes back. One of the main issues in this, and of course, I'm no attorney, but is do you have the duty to incriminate yourself? Do You have the duty to, um, to more or less confess on something that could uh, hurt you legally and Although I think we would all agree that what they did in holding the information that I believe that they knew that Gabby was dead and that their son did it by holding that information back, was that, did they have a duty? Uh, and I think that's what this attorney is, is trying to say. Did they have a duty to report that? Did they have a duty um, legally? And I think the answer to that is no. And that could be the entire basis of this lawsuit. Moonlight view morally, yes, you're right. Morally, yes, but you know something? Morals and the law, they don't collide. Uh, the law protects you from self-incrimination. Let's hear a little bit more from this attorney. Right. The plaintiffs here, Gabby's parents, said that it's beyond their silence. It's the fact that they had a press conference where they lied, where they knew, according to the complaint, that Gabby was killed by their son, and yet they said... We hope the search for Miss Petito is successful and she's returned or reunited with her family. And that is what they say was intentional infliction of emotional distress. Again, I am not at all going to sit here and stand up for the laundries because I was out there and I also saw what the Petitos were going through during that time. But at the same time, legally speaking, uh, didn't the laundries um, ha have a right to just stay quiet and listen to their lawyer and not say anything? They have the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. They can remain silent, but that's a criminal protection. That's a protection against criminal charges. This is a civil lawsuit. So they could, at the same time that they can enjoy the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, they could actually be sued and lose a lawsuit. But this is uncharted territory. I'm not familiar with a similar case like this, but this case is full of unusual facts. I think it is unlikely for Gabby's parents to win this lawsuit. I think that it would be a victory if they could survive this motion to dismiss. But, you know, in the end, they're going to have to show that this family, Brian's parents, owed them a duty, whether it was to say something, not to ghost them on Facebook and on the cell phone, or at least not to lie in public about what happened to Gabby. So we'll see if it does survive a motion to dismiss, then it would be up to a jury and that would be way down the line. Yeah, it certainly is so bizarre that according to the lawsuit, the laundries literally blocked Gabby's parents' phone number uh, and Facebook. There was something else interesting, Dave, that I noticed. The Petitos filed their lawsuit. Uh, the laundries filed the motion to dismiss. Uh, and now the judge has given the Petitos more time to sort of bulk up their lawsuit. Is that unusual? Does that give us a glimpse into what the judge might be thinking? No, that is actually pretty normal. What happened here is that the defense filed a motion to dismiss based on the procedural parts of the lawsuit, meaning that they said this lawsuit is not filed properly. And indeed, the lawsuit didn't claim specifically intentional infliction of emotional distress. So the judge said, hey, rewrite the lawsuit. We're going to give you time to do it. 
the bigger motion to dismiss, more substantive one, will be the one where they said, even if you accept everything they're saying is true, there still is no possible way there could be intentional infliction of emotional distress. So there's a difference between the procedural motion to dismiss and the substantive one. The substantive one is for all the marbles. That's the one that could eliminate this lawsuit for good. But the procedural one, the judge will just give him a chance, just rewrite it, because the judges do that quite often. Interesting. Do you think it is possible that the Petitos filed this lawsuit, possibly knowing that they wouldn't win in the end, but because they want more information to come out through the discovery process? Because, you know, Dave, there's still so much we don't. You know, Brian Enton, that's a great uh, that's a great question. The Petitos may just be filing this lawsuit to force the laundries to tell the truth about what they knew and when they knew it. And that, of course, could be tremendously uncomfortable for the laundries, but at the same time, the Petitos will be getting this, the truth, and and they want to try to force the truth out through this uh, this civil suit. In regards to the judge granting them more time and allowing them uh, um, more sort of more procedural um, rope to give to this lawsuit, I think that's a consideration because this this lawsuit could very well be thrown out on its merits. It's, it seems like it's blazing new territory, uh, perhaps new legal ground that hasn't been tried before. So I think that the judge is doing everything possible to make sure that he's fair to them and that they have enough time to file it. Look, this a, a trial date was set for August um, 2023. So that's more than a year away from now. So between that time and what's going on legally, could this case, in fact, be thrown out? know about what the laundries knew throughout all of this, when they knew it, text messages, discussions they had. Is it possible that could come out in discovery? Sure. And you have to feel for the parents. I mean, they just feel that they were abused by the laundries. It was just a moral and ethical obligation to be decent human beings. This was, after all, their son's fiance who lived in their house for over a year. And yet when she went missing, they blocked her parents from communicating and allegedly lied about it. And so in the complaint, they put at least two explosive allegations. One, that the parents knew that Brian had killed Gabby because according to the complaint, Brian admitted it to his parents. And secondly, that they were trying to help him leave the country. That's a new area. And the plaintiffs here, Gabby's parents, have said that they will be able to prove everything they put in that complaint. And if it goes to a jury, they'll need to. Yeah, that was sort of the jaw-dropping part of the complaint for me, where they said that Brian Laundrie's parents actually knew that he killed Gabby uh, before all of this came out. The, my first thought was, though, like, how, how could uh, the Petito lawyers know that? How would they know that to put that in the complaint? And do they have to know it's true to put it in the complaint? You know, folks, one of the issues here, and I tried to give a, a long, hard um, search of my soul for this. If Brian Laundrie was my son and my son did what Brian Laundrie did and, and confessed to doing in his diary, would I have protected him 
the way the laundries did or would I have felt a moral obligation to tell him to turn himself in? We discussed this in great length that perhaps if Brian Laundrie had turned himself in, he would be alive today, maybe facing 25 to life or being convicted of 25 to life, but he would be alive. Instead, um, we know what happened. He killed himself. Folks, if you if you think you would have protected your son, like and just theoretically, your son like the laundries did, put a one in the chat. If you think you would have been moral and had your son turn himself in, put a two in the chat. I'm just interested to see what the folks would say in the chat that are following this. So if you if you would have uh, behaved exactly the way the laundries did in protecting your son, I want you to put a one. If you think that you would have turned yourself in uh, or t- told your son to turn himself in and uh, did the moral thing, put a two in the chat. Wow, someone's putting a three. I didn't give I didn't give a third choice. There's a lot of moral people in the chat. Look at that. Uh Tara Ellis, there's so much evidence we haven't heard about. Maybe there's something in all of it that the Petitos feel they can really win this suit. Uh Judy Fisher, I would get myself, my son the best to turn himself in. I'd do my best to get myself. Uh Deanna Thomason. Too. Well, you guys are morally um, on the high ground. That I sort of think um, that I'm with you guys, and I probably would have um, erred on the side and tried to have my son do the right thing. But none of us are in that situation. You know, we're not faced with that. Crystal stars two two two. Uh, so, I mean, without being faced with that, can we really say 100% what we would do? That you'd like to think you'd do the moral thing. I think what the laun- what the laundries did was sort of despicable, you know. And we all have um, Sierra J morally obligated to do it as a parent. I think we all have disdain for the behavior of the laundries, but... Faced with the same thing, um, what do you think? Pauline Buckles, it's a slippery slope for my son. I would think if I encourage him to say nothing as he has to live with it or die as this case turned out. You know, Pauline Buckles, even if you encourage your son, say, to turn himself in, you would advise him to turn himself in with counsel, which means he couldn't confess to the police because he would have counsel and any counsel would advise him not to confess, not to talk, but he could very well turn himself in. So you know, don't forget during this time, they had a warrant for his arrest for illegally using Gabby Petito's credit card. So it, it, it's, a, it's a moral slippery slope for sure. But we all like to think of ourselves as morally on the moral high ground. but And we all look down upon the laundries for the behavior that they exhibited. But would we, if we examine our own souls, would we, in fact, do what we think is the right thing and had turned, told your son to turn himself in? Interesting. An interesting uh, way to look at it. 
Well, they've said they're going to back it up. Now, you know, it's not a verified complaint, and uh, meaning that there's no sworn affidavit there, but they can put allegations that they believe are true, but they've said that they're going to show it. Now, it, it doesn't mean anything if they can't prove it at trial. You know, you got to prove your allegations. So they must have some information somewhere that leads them to believe that Brian did tell the parents and that the parents did try to help him leave the country. And, you know, if you think about it, those are the allegations that have received the most attention in this lawsuit. Even though the second allegation about leaving the country, that really doesn't have anything to do with the substance of the lawsuit. That doesn't have anything to do with an intentional infliction of emotional damages, emotional pain on the Petitos. Because whether or not the family of Brian Laundrie tried to help Brian leave the country was unknown to Gabby's parents at the time. And so it could not have inflicted emotional pain upon them. But it is a salacious um, allegation. And as such, it's gotten this lawsuit a lot more attention than it would have otherwise. Yeah, it certainly has. And if it's true that the laundries were going to help him leave the country, I mean, wouldn't that be a crime? Wouldn't they be arrested for that? If they knew that he indeed had committed a crime and killed Gabby and then tried to help him leave the country, yeah, that could be accessory after the fact. And I do not expect that charge to be filed against Brian's parents. I think this is case closed. But if new information comes out as a result of this civil lawsuit, the feds may be interested in this case again. It is certainly going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Dave Ehrenberg, it's always good to see you. Thanks for being on tonight. So folks, some interesting, interesting uh, topics raised with that. You know, it's just, you know, we all, again, we all look at ourselves as moral beings and that uh, we think that the, the potential that uh, we would do the right thing and we would, um, we would turn our son in or tell our son to turn himself in. I guess we'd all like to think that, but it, when push came to shove, would, would we do that? I would like, you know, would we do that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know for a fact if we would. This is the new lawsuit filed by um, Gabby Petito's mom uh, coming from a different angle. And maybe this is legal strategy also. Let me play this here. That lawsuit has been filed by Gab Petito's mother, and this suit is specifically against Brian Laundrie's estate. We have it for you. Of course, all the details on WFLA.com. It states that it's seeking an amount at $30,000 or more, stating that Gabby Petito was intentionally killed by Brian Laundrie and that Gabby's family, quote, incurred funeral and burial expenses, and they have suffered a loss of care and comfort and suffered a loss of probable future companionship, society, and comfort, end quote. The lawsuit comes following, you might remember, the previous civil lawsuit that was filed back in March, claiming that the Laundries were told by Brian, their son, that he had murdered Gabby soon after it happened, and that they even sought to help him flee the country, claims that longtime laundry attorney Stephen Bertolino has called baseless. Now, this creates two separate legal actions filed against the laundries, and both of them are seeking a jury trial right here in Florida, should they survive any motions for dismissal. We'll stay on this for you, both of these lawsuits. Keep you posted to any developments. You can read the latest right now on WFLA.com and WFLA app. So, folks, that's a relatively new law. Relatively, it's filed in May, filed the first week of May. So is this a strategy? Is this a legal strategy that they're 
filing multiple lawsuits in order to have, say, the ammunition to go uh, in case one of the lawsuits is dismissed, that they have a second one as a backup in seeking the truth. Is that a possibility? Um, I think it possibly cat. Um, I love my daughter more than anything in this world, but no one has the right to take anyone's life. She would never, but if she did, she would have to answer for it. It would be so hard, but necessary. I guess you're putting it, your daughter in the position of being uh, Brian Laundry, And what would you do if she, in fact, uh, did something like what we're talking about right now? Just uh, some real, um, real tough, tough legal issues for sure. Um, you know, I just think that um, potentially th these lawsuits, you know, when I speak to um, Joe Murray, who is a, a frequent contributor on this show, and he's our legal expert, he sort of feels that these lawsuits are coming out of left field and there's a good potential that they could be dismissed because it's more or less what we spoke about before, requiring someone to self-incriminate themselves in order for this uh, lawsuit to be successful. And I don't think if one, although this is, um, this is a civil lawsuit, it's not a criminal lawsuit, but don't criminal law and civil law meet at some point? Uh, Tara Ellis, it honestly reminds me of how a teenager thinks, that every problem is just the end of the world. Until you help them and walk them through how to deal with it, there's always a better way. You know, Tara, I, you know, something I somewhat, I, I agree with you, I do. You know, I'm a parent, I do a lot of parents, we're all parents out there. And I know numerous times in the lives of my sons that I gave them good counsel as a, as a dad, as you know, as as their you know their loved one, their their mother, their, their dad, and I gave them good counsel based on my experience, based on my education, based on my feelings towards them, and I would try to get them to what I consider to do the right thing, you know. And sometimes the advice that we parents give can be very tough, very difficult, you know, and and to have have a moral compass, I guess. And it seemed to me, and and during this, we covered this case all during this uh the Gabby Petito Brian Laundry thing, and it was so heartbreaking at so many terms, and it was so easy to despise the laundries for what they did. Uh I sort of felt that, you know, Gabby Petito was almost like their daughter. She had lived in their home with their son. She was uh, engaged to their son. Yet um, they just turned their back on her pretty damn easily. Kate, I like the moms that stand with their kids but smack them with the purse when they know they're lying and say, tell the truth, either in the principal's office or the police station. Yeah, Kate, is that Kate? I guess it's Kate, C-A-I-T. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a difficult world we live in. We want to do the best for our kids, but we also want to make uh, we want to make good decisions for them or help them make the right decisions. You know, it's um, uh, it's 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 not an easy situation. Moonlight View. My dad was a judge who would have told us, "Admit nothing, deny everything, but murder is murder." 
Well, that, that sounds familiar, Moonlight View. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, real crime stories. If you like our show and you're not subscribed, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. If you want to help support us, we have a Patreon. We have three different levels. You can support us on our Patreon. And if you want to join our channel as one of our channel members, we have a YouTube with five different levels. You see the folks in the chat with the green font. They're part of our YouTube family. We really appreciate them. So, you know, not I'm not coming forth today with any smoking gun information on this lawsuit, but I think it's interesting to see where it's going and the fact that it's it's going forward, apparently. We'll see if this survives the appeals. Welcome back, everyone, here to you live now from Fox. We got some breaking news just happening within the past hour. We have an update to the case that made national headlines late last year, the murder of Gabby Petito. Well, today, the Petito family filed a civil lawsuit against the family of Gabby's killer, Brian Laundrie. The lawsuit accuses the Laundrie parents of knowing their son had murdered Gabby and attempted to help him flee the country. The lawsuit seeks more than $1,000 in damages for causing the Petito's pain and suffering along with mental anguish. Gabby's parents filed a lawsuit yesterday in Sarasota County listing Brian's parents, Chris and Roberta Laundrie, as defendants. The complaint gives a brief timeline of Gabby Petito's disappearance and death before revealing new accusations not previously released by the FBI. The lawsuit states that on or about August 28, 2021, Brian Laundrie advised his parents, Christopher Laundrie and Roberta Laundrie, that he had murdered Gabrielle Petito. On that same day, Christopher Laundrie and Roberta Laundrie spoke with the attorneys, uh, with their attorney and sent him a retainer on September 2nd, 2021. The lawsuit then mentions how the Laundry family went on vacation on September 6th and 7th while Gabrielle Petito's family was suffering as they were extremely distraught while attempting to find their daughter. Finally, the lawsuit alleges while Joseph Petito and Nicole Schmidt were desperately searching for information concerning their daughter, Christopher Laundry and Roberta Laundry were keeping the whereabouts of Brian Laundry secret and is believed were making arrangements for him to leave the country. This is uh, the latest in a saga, really, that has uh, captured the attention of the country. The FBI concluded their investigation, finding Brian Laundrie did kill Gabby Petito. Again, the suit is asking for more than $100,000 in damages. And uh, once we get more information uh, regarding this uh, breaking news update, of course, we'll uh, be updating you as the status of that lawsuit uh, continues on in the court system. So, folks, you know, one of the things that's interesting about this uh, civil suit is it seems that it really isn't going, it's not about money. It's really not about money because they're suing for a very small amount of money uh, considering that what, what occurred. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's really, it's really about money at all. It seems like it's seeking the truth somehow. That's what they're more interested in, is getting the truth from this lawsuit than getting, and it doesn't seem like the money is a big part of it. Yeah, there has to be a dollar amount because that's the, the basis of a civil suit. But I think the Petitos are more looking to find out the truth. And, you know, when we look at even these photos on the screen, it brings us back to this case and how many bad, bad 
twists and turns there were in this case and how we all stood by and watched it and just wondered about a lot of the things that were going on and predicted uh, what was happening. Um, wish we gave this much attention to American Indian girls that are missing, <laughs> Michael Marin. Um, by suing for a small amount of money, it's more likely a chance to win. I don't know, Janice. I think that if the the judge rules, if it's going to be a judge trial or a jury trial, more likely it will be a jury trial. I think the jury can award a bigger or a smaller um, uh, award uh, based on the damages they feel were inflicted. Um, both sides have lost their children. I hope there can be healing. I think if the laundries truly apologize and answered questions privately, they could all cry together. Kate, I don't think that's a possibility. Um, once the law is involved, there are ramifications for your actions and for telling the truth within the law. Uh, it could hurt you. So I don't think that's an option that they could sit around in a circle and together i think that's uh that's over with you know uh sherlyn schaffner i can't help but think i'd march my own child down to the police department with a newly hired attorney but not having been there myself how can i make assumptions yeah a very difficult sherlyn but i appreciate your candor and, and and telling the truth what you think you would do and um tough to know tough to know because none of us are, are in that situation right now but tough to know Absolutely. Let me play this up on the screen. Murdered Gabby. We have responses from both sides on this civil lawsuit as we break down this brewing legal battle here with you live on WFLA Now. Live with you across all platforms, folks. J.B. Buno here with you in our stream center. Glad to have you with us this Wednesday evening. Uh, got a lot to break down, but really it comes down to these two documents. I'm going to hold them up here. This is, of course, the lawsuit that we... You know, guys, this is early on in in when the lawsuit was first filed. So it's just we're just sort of going over some old territory. But I find this interesting and also interesting because the fact that a second lawsuit has been filed at the beginning of this month. So let's just uh, listen to a bit of this. We talked about last time here on WFLA Now, the lawsuit filed by Joseph Petito and Nicole Schmidt, Gabby Petito's parents, against Chris and Roberta Laundrie, that being Brian Laundrie's parents. And now we have a lengthy, I believe it's 20 pages. Make sure I have that right. It is a 20-page motion to dismiss, the argument for dismissal as articulated by the attorneys representing Chris and Roberta Laundrie, Brian Laundrie's parents. Let's first break down what we're going to do here on WFLA Now. For those of you who missed the lawsuit, let's first break down what is in the lawsuit that was filed, the lawsuit that uh, made waves on the internet uh, a few weeks back. Uh, there's a lot to it, and we want to let you know that you can click on the link in the description on this video. It'll take you over to WFLA.com, the WFLA app, where you can read more about the lawsuit itself, and the motion to dismiss. But I'm gonna kind of break this down here for you for the sake of time and for the sake of the fact that we, of course, talked about this last time with you on WFLA Now. So there's really three main allegations that we have in the lawsuit filed by Gabby Petito's parents. First is that in the aftermath, really the day after Brian uh, murdered Gabby Petito, as of course the FBI has, con has, has confirmed in their investigation, uh, Jemisey, I wonder how, what excuse is now being given for Brian Laundrie's actions. Because every time someone commits a crime, I only hear it because 
of mental disorder or soft drugs. Yeah, well, that's not a defense, a mental disorder or defect. Uh, I mean, insanity is a defense, but I don't think you can use mental disorder uh, as a defense. But thank you for your comments. Uh, that uh, that Brian had told his parents and that Chris and Roberta Laundrie were aware that uh, that Brian had murdered Gabby, that something, of course, uh, just terrible had happened between the two of them. Um, that is, of course, the main center point of the lawsuit that was filed by Joseph Petito and Nicole Schmidt. There's also the allegation that uh, that the uh, that the, that the uh, parents of Brian Laundrie uh, attempted to get Brian out of the country, help him flee the country. And there's also the allegation as well that Nicole Schmidt, Gabby Petito's mother, was blocked on phone and on Facebook and could not contact Roberta Laundrie. I'm talking about now the mother to mother could not talk um, to Chris. You know, folks, that allegation there is pretty horrendous. However, again, illegally, you legally have the duty to contact the parents of your son's fiance. Morally, I think we'll all jump to it and say, morally, of course they do. But legally, I don't think they do. Excuse me, Roberta Laundrie, Brian Laundrie's mother, uh, in the aftermath of Brian Laundrie returning home to Florida. Now we have this motion to dismiss right here. And I've been reading through it. And uh, it's, uh, of course, it, it puts forth now an argument to dismiss the lawsuit. And it uh, lays out all the different reasons as to why the lawsuit should be dismissed. Before I go through the grounds for dismissal, what uh, the attorneys representing Chris and Roberta Laundry are. You know, Bo Peep, that's a really interesting comment. If the parents knew that Brian killed Gabby when he returned with her van, then aiding and abetting is illegal. Yes, Bo Peep, you're 100% right, but that's why they never opened their mouth. And they deny that, and they'll deny that, that they knew that. They'll deny that to the end of time. But excellent point, excellent point arguing our grounds for dismissal in Sarasota County, Florida. I want to read for you uh, the statements that we have from both sides. Of course, us doing our due diligence here, speaking to attorneys from both sides uh, on this legal battle that is sort of brewing in these early stages now before we ever hit a courtroom. Uh, the, Of course, the documents that have been filed by both sides now. I spoke to uh, the attorney representing the laundries, that being Stephen Bertolino, who, of course, you have seen on WFLA Now in the past from previous interviews that he has conducted. And he says, uh, he sent this statement that says the following, a motion to dismiss the baseless and frivolous lawsuit commenced by Gabby Petito's parents was filed in court. The laundries have exercised their constitutional right to refrain from speaking and have relied on counsel to speak for them. This is not only common practice in our civilized society, but it embodies the exercise of fundamental rights under the United States and Florida constitutions. Laundries' rights are inalienable, and the laundries can never be liable for exercising their legal rights in a permissible way. Myself and my colleagues at Trombley and Haynes, who are representing Chris and Roberta Laundry in this matter, are confident that the constitutional rights of all citizens of this country will be protected by the, by the dismissal of this lawsuit. You know, the attorney for the, um, for the Laundry, Stephen Bertolino, he took a lot of heat, I think, during this case in regards to having them and Brian Laundry 
remained silent. And one, part of the heat was that, and I, I said this before, I stated this before, had he perhaps had Brian Laundry turn himself in or uh, turn himself into law enforcement, even for the warrant, but instructed him not to talk about anything else, perhaps he would be alive today. He would have gotten charged with the murder, no doubt, but he would be alive at any at state of what stage would he have been in? Would he have been doing 25 to life? Would he have been doing 5 to 15 for manslaughter? We can't predict that, but um, it's that's an interesting prospect, and we had brought that up during this investigation. Uh, Judy Fisher, Bill, I heard legal analysts say that his parents, sister, no one is obligated by law to have to say they knew he committed the crime. Judy Fisher, you're 100% correct. That is 100% correct. And uh, knowing the law, not being an attorney, we, I've, we've spoken to our legal analyst, Joe Murray, numerous times. And um, he's resolute that there's no, he believes there's also no basis for this lawsuit. That remains to be seen. We'll go over exactly more of what that means when we go over the lawsuit, uh, or excuse me, the motion to dismiss itself. But yes, uh, for those of you wondering, as far as what happens now legally with this civil lawsuit in Florida, they will not be, Chris and Roberta Laundrie will not be represented by Stephen Bertolino, the attorney who, of course, has made headlines for representing Chris and Roberta Laundrie. He is, of course, based out of East Islip on Long Island in New York. Uh, they are going to be represented by Trombley and Haynes. That's a law firm, of course, uh, licensed to practice law here in the state of Florida. Now we have the motion to dismiss. I want to let everybody know that after I go through the grounds for dismissal here, what's being argued as the grounds for dismissal, we're going to go through your hashtag AJB comments. Want to get your reaction, of course, as we do with all of our streams, with all the stories that we cover. Uh, you can use hashtag AJB in the Facebook Live, YouTube Live comment sections, or on Twitter. We'll try to bring in as many as we can. Really want to spotlight what you have to say with this. Uh, and it's an anticipated development, but it's development nonetheless and a story that so many of you um, still want um, want reporting on. So let's go now to, again, it's right here, uh, sent to me, um, this defendant's motion to dismiss the complaint. It goes over some background. And uh, we'll have to, of course, get legal analysis for this, but a lot... You know, folks, ultimately, and uh, of course, JB is talking about the grounds to dismiss. And this will ultimately be decided on its legal merits by a judge, by a civil court judge, who will determine whether or not legally um, the Petitos have ground to stand on and bringing this lawsuit forward. And that'll be the determination. And a judge will make it, of course. Um, Mickey Mantle, uh, Brian Laundrie arrived back home alone in Gabby's van, says it all. Really, yeah, it says a lot, but um, not in a court of law. It's not. Aunt BB, if they do have proof, they then they should have proceeded with the lawsuit. I think anyone would. I think more than anything, this lawsuit is, is seeking the truth. Uh, Tony Monty. It may get dismissed, but I can. Uh, but I certainly don't blame them for trying. Uh, neither do I. And I, as I said, I think what this lawsuit is is more so doing is seeking the truth more than uh, looking um, 
or financial uh, reimbursement or financial uh, gain from this. Uh, you could never be reimbursed for the loss of your daughter anyway. And it's, um, that's, you know, there's no amount of money that could bring her back. So uh, Moonlight View, Kathy Bates in practice, I agree, but they obtained lawyer's advice, which indicates they were aware of pending issues. I don't know. Um, guys, there's so many relevant legal issues as well as moral issues with this case. And many of them have been discussed before. I'm just bringing them back up since there was a new uh, lawsuit filed on, I believe it was May 6th, in regards to the uh, wrongful death. And they were seeking, um, the Petitos was seeking a small amount of money, uh, relatively $30,000, which is is nothing uh, in, in regards to civil lawsuits. Part of this document goes into the argument of and the definition of and the claim of intentional infliction of emotional distress and whether or not there was intentional infliction of emotional distress by one party against the other by chris and roberta laundry against gabby petito's parents withholding information from one party to the other is going to be at the center of this legal battle and of course that information being whether or not they, uh, Chris and Roberta Laundry knew of more than more details than what they were, of course, telling Gabby Petito's parents, which there wasn't any contact between the two. But now you're going to hear more in this document about how one side didn't really contact the other and how that's not illegal. And we're going to kind of get into that more into the document. But what that reflects as far as the story that we have been covering is that Joseph Petito um, and Nicole Schmidt, Gabby's mother and father, were desperately trying to get a hold of Brian Laundrie's parents, Chris and Roberta. Just Folks, just think of that. Uh, and th their daughter is engaged to Brian Laundrie, and they cannot get a hold of their daughter. And the laundries have no legal obligation to notify them of anything that they know. And this is where legal and moral collide head on. And we say, oh, my God, horrible, horrible, right? But they had no legal obligation to notify them that their daughter was, uh, th their son came home without their daughter. Let's put it that way, even. How horrendous was that? But again, they had no legal obligation to notify them of that. So think of that and just think of, of the position that puts the Petitos in. Just outrageous, outrageous to think. Trying to get answers as to what happened to their daughter. You guys remember the press conference when Nicole Schmidt, uh, Gabby's mom, was, was um, so visibly upset you could just see the the just the emotion brewing in Joseph Petito, Gabby Petito's father, as they were uh, frustrated that they were unable to get through to Brian Laundrie's parents just to find out where their daughter was. And that breakdown in... You know, guys, when I see, I'll pull, pull it back a little bit, uh, and I don't know if you guys remember, they but... They were unable uh, to get through sign to Brian Laundrie's parents just to find out where their daughter was. And there it is and, right there. And during this, 
I actually went to Maya Kahachi Preserve um, to take a look at what it was like. And it was just, um, I just thought it, it was, was unbelievable. As it they was, were the, the wilderness uh, frustrated and, and that the they were unable to get through there. And this to is where Brian Laundrie's parents Brian Laundrie just to find out camping. where their daughter was. And there you go. Maya Kahachi Creek Environmental Park. And I was there, this uh, not definitely not a country bumpkin, a New York City guy going into the Maya Kahachi Creek. And I remember I was uh, streaming live on my phone. A lot of you guys were going, Bill, don't go any further. Don't go in there. It's scary. You know, and I was just like, I just thought it was fun. I just thought I would bring that up. <laughs> and that breakdown in communication um, is argued a lot in these documents. But as it's articulated here by the attorneys representing Chris and Roberta Laundry, it's not illegal to not talk to somebody. And we're going to get into that here uh, and whether or not it falls under a legal definition of, again, as going back here. A you know, folks, uh, Moonlight View, um, I do believe the Laundry's actions did cause immeasurable pain and duress on Gabby's family. Agreed, but is that suable? Is that a violation of the law, Moonlight View? That's the question. Uh, maleficent, Maleficent, you are speaking to these people all the time, and all of a sudden they stop talking to you. If they were true blue, they would be just as concerned as the parents. Agreed, but they were protecting their son, and that's that's the difference in this. Legal definition of intentional infliction of emotional distress again by inaction the inaction of not speaking from one side to the other um i want to want to read this here i'm going to go just kind of fast forward a, a lot of this of course references other court cases um not anything out of the ordinary for any motion to dismiss uh, plaintiff's legal theories are fatally the plaintiff's legal theories are fatally flawed and could never be remedied by amendment thereby requiring dismissal of the complaint with prejudice is what's read, uh, what we have here on page number five. In section number one, it then introduces um, the definition of what is outrageous conduct. And it says, importantly, the standard for outrageous conduct is particularly high in Florida. They then go into what is, and this, there's going to be a lot of legal jargon in here, but what is... Uh, knitting artisan, I'll never understand protecting your child from the consequences of committing murder. However, knitting artisan, you weren't put in that position. And uh, until we are, difficult to say what our actions would be. Is the standard for quote unquote outrageous conduct. It reads here on page eight, although the complainant, or excuse me, I'll read that again. Although the complaint alleges the laundry's conduct was quote unquote outrageous, the complaint's failure to provide Factual support rising to the level of outrageous conduct makes that allegation nothing more than a legal conclusion. The essential allegations against the defendants are nowhere close to meeting the necessary standard. And this gets me now into my conversation with Pat Riley, who I spoke to on the phone uh, in, in recent days, talking to him about the inevitability that there was going to be this motion to dismiss. Now, Pat Riley is the attorney representing the attorney in Florida, representing Joseph Petito and, Ga uh, and Gabby's mother, Nicole Schmidt. A, a lot of folks remember the name Rick Stafford. Rick Stafford, of course, also being in New York. Pat Riley is going to be representing Gabby Petito's family here in the state of Florida. 
Mudcat, the toughest part would be to prove that Brian Laundrie offered his parents information that could have been helpful to Gabby's parents or the searchers. I, I think that um, I believe that Brian Laundrie told his parents that he had, uh, in fact, killed Gabby. I firmly believe that. I have no proof of that. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, I think his diary, he confessed to it in his diary. So I think that his his parents had to know that. Judy Fisher, I have nightmares if I go to bed without apologizing for a silly spat I had with my husband. I can't imagine what I'd go through if I kept information like the laundries knew to myself. Good point. We uh, Moonlight view, look, the laundries knew Gabby was in jeopardy. That's all. Uh, Mickey Mantle, we need Joe Murray on this. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sort of glad Joe's not here today. He'd be arguing the opposite of me. He'd be taking the polar opposite view. Uh, knitting artisan, it is true that I have not been put in that situation, but I know I could not subtract the pain of fellow parents. Now would I want to support character like that in my child? I would love her still. I, I think you're speaking from the heart. That's, uh, for sure. And, uh, but difficult parents to know what you would do unless put in that situation. And he told me, and, uh, we had a, we had, we had a, a, a phone call where I was able to get some quotes from him, but he basically said, in response to where is the evidence, I asked him, I said, I basically said on the phone to him, I said, Pat, there's a lot of folks um, looking through this document, looking for the evidence to back up these massive allegations that you've made against Chris and Roberta Laundrie. Where is the evidence? What is the evidence? I was looking for some details, just trying to get anything from him that he could provide to us. And he said, quote unquote, they'll have to wait and see. If we didn't believe it was true, we wouldn't have put them in the complaint. So Pat Riley is confident um, in the strength of the evidence that they have uh, that once it does make it to court, provided that this case isn't dismissed, if it does make it to court, they believe they are confident in the evidence they have to back up the allegations that Chris. She, see, folks, uh, JB is hitting it right on the head. Uh, if, 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 if this makes it to court, uh, August 2023 is light years away from now you know, May 2022. Uh, so we're talking 14 months from now. Many legal briefs, many um, court documents, many new twists and turns legally will happen. And this case could be dismissed before it ever sees the inside of a courtroom. That's a possibility. And then it could go forward. Uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't, but it seems that um, very tough for this case to go forward. Uh, what are they proving? What are they? What what violations of the law did the laundries commit? We all agree they violated the law, the moral law, but uh, that's not the same as civil law. So that, those are the things that a judge will have to decide. And Roberta Laundry. Brian Laundrie's parents were aware that Brian murdered Gabby. Let's continue going through uh, a couple more pages of the document, and I, we'll get to really the conclusion because that kind of wraps um, everything up. Um, it goes through all the allegations. It lists the key allegations in uh, the lawsuit filed uh, by Pat Riley on behalf of Gabby Petito's parents and the attorneys for Brian Laundrie's parents respond, none of the allegations recited above, either alone 
or together describe outrageous conduct. Continued on page 10, if the laundry's quote-unquote act of doing nothing other than maintaining their privacy and silence is enough to subject them to this supposed cause of action, then there would have been virtually no limitations on the tort of intentional infliction of emotional distress and the fundamental right to remain silent under any circumstances would be obliterated. They are, of course, pointing to you have the right to remain silent in this country and the that there is the, the of course what the attorneys here are stating is that brian laundry's parents not speaking to gabby petito's parents isn't unlawful and doesn't rise to the allegations of it being outrageous conduct or to quote earlier on the legal definition from earlier in the document intentional infliction of emotional distress this is at the heart of what we had talked about for so many streams here on WFLA now. There so folks, I think we all understand the legal issues. And uh, the big thing is, uh, can you be forced to self-incriminate yourself? And the answer to that is no. You have an absolute right to remain silent. So the laundry is not speaking. Did that put them in violation of any law? And the answer to that is no. Morally, is it put them in violation of every moral clause that we could possibly think of? Yeah, 100%. But this isn't going to be tried in the court of public opinion. It will be tried in a courtroom. Folks, Joe Murray is a great attorney. He's also a great legal advisor for this show. Joe's a retired NYPD police officer. And if you need an attorney in the New York metropolitan area, criminal attorney, Joe is your man. You can contact him at 718-514-3855, or you can email him at J, uh, joe at jmurray-law.com. His website is joemurray-law.com, and Joe Murray is a friend of the show and, of course, a fantastic attorney. John Beattie Law, www.jbeattielaw.com. John Beattie is a renowned personal injury attorney. He also retired as a decorated NYPD sergeant. John comes from a proud NYPD and FDNY family. He was an active sergeant in Brooklyn North and supervised in the legal bureau. John is a proud member of the Honor Legion and the Blue Knights. John Beatty litigates across country for seriously injured victims and has helped recover over $200 million for grieving families. Call John now for a free consultation. John Beatty, 917-797-9520. So, folks, that's about uh, our coverage for today. I just sort of wanted to bring this case back into the forefront a bit. Uh, there's no new smoking gun actions in regards to um, anything really new that uh, is going to change this case. However, the civil suit is active, and uh, there was a new po portion of the civil suit that was filed on um, on May I believe it was May 5th. Um, so I thought I'd bring that to your attention. And all the legal issues with this case are, are very, very interesting. Um, knitting artisan, would the laundries have been incriminating themselves or their son? I know there was a spousal privilege, but does the same apply to a child? Can parents refuse to testify against a child? I, I, I don't think they can force you to testify against anybody. I mean, you can always take the fifth. You can 
that testify against your family member. People do, but I don't think they can force you to do that. They put you in this in the box, uh, the witness box. You can just say you plead the fifth. Um, Judy Fisher at Tara Alice. I lost a son not to murder, but he is still gone. As a brave parent, you are stuck with knowing you have to accept that. You have no choice. Every parent wants to do more for justice. Judy Fisher, sorry in regards to your loss, and, th- and thank you for sharing that with us on the show. So, folks, uh, wow, I, I actually went over an hour. I didn't intend to go over an hour. But, uh, again, folks, if you're not subscribed to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, give us a thumbs up, and you want to contribute to us uh, with a Patreon and, of course, a YouTube where you can join our channel. So, folks, uh, on behalf of Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, I'm Bill Cannon. And I want all you guys to have a safe and wonderful day. And uh, we'll talk soon. Have a great day. One episode.